Hi, everybody. Welcome back to episode three of Talking About the Big Stuff with Michael Cole. Uh, today, I have on the show my uh, best friend from high school. Um, I should say one of my best friends because a couple of people might be irritated if they hear. Like <laughs> uh, Pat Brennan. Say hi, Pat. Hi, everyone. So uh, today we're going to talk about masculinity. And before we dive in, I do want to just kind of clear something up um, for anybody who who gets uh, frustrated with the term toxic masculinity, because um, we it'll, I I I don't see how we can talk about masculinity without touching upon it. So I figure we exactly. may as well yeah. get it out of the way right away. Um, so the idea of toxic masculinity, the way I see it, and I think the way that language works uh, is, you know, with modifiers, we, you know, if, if I refer to chocolate ice cream, you know that I'm not saying all ice cream is chocolate. You understand that it is a type of chocolate, uh, a type of ice cream. And so when we say toxic masculinity, it's the same linguistics situation. It is a type, it's a subset. So um, if you hear us talking about toxic masculinity, uh, I, I've seen plenty of cons, uh, comments online of, oh, it must have been real toxic masculinity when we defeated Hitler. Well, no, that's just, I mean, I don't know if that's even masculinity. That's just, you know, yeah, a doing thing. the right thing. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but like, so there's this uh, willful ignorance around that. So I, I just wanted to nip that in the bud right now. Um, but the reason I brought you on for this topic, I think you and I are both pretty masculine without being toxic. Um, at least for the most part, obviously everyone can be toxic. Um, right. Most of the time, I think we're both, you know, pretty, pretty good guys in general. Um, yeah, I would say so at least. (laughs) Yeah. I also think, I mean, I know your dad reasonably well for a friend's dad and you know, Mm -hmm. my dad reasonably well. And I think our dads are interesting to talk about too. Uh, because you know, our, I would, my dad, I would definitely say this about, and I kind of would say this about your dad, are really, they're really masculine guys without right. ever being something that they, uh, my dad never professed, you know, my dad was never like, be a man or obsessed with the things men do or, you know, all those things that we kind of, I, I don't even want to say that's toxic masculinity in and of itself necessarily, but like there's a lot of people who are obsessed with the idea of masculinity and the, and like wanting to fit into the roles um, and so like, I have a dad who fit into a lot of the masculine roles, but didn't, wasn't obsessed with it. Wasn't, wasn't like really, he didn't care when somebody else didn't fit into those roles. So it kind of, I think that made me fairly comfortable with, you know, I mean, the front page of our yearbook is me in a dress. And that was, <laughs> that was a long time ago. That was before, right. you know, uh, it was as popular for, for people to, to dress in, in, a, you know, without yeah, it being a thing. styles world. Exactly. And, yeah. yeah so. this, was, this was like back when it was either drag or it was nothing. And I was, you know, I, for me, it was being goofy. Right. Um, it was not an expression of gender, but I, you know, it, it was, it was a statement to some extent, regardless of the intent. Right. I think, yeah, I, I definitely feel that way about my dad. Uh, you know, I think he was, he is a, you know, pretty masculine guy, but it was never, yeah, it was just something that was natural. It was, it was not a, 
you know, it wasn't right or wrong. It was just who he was. And I think he would feels that way about everyone else too, you know, for the most part. Uh, so yeah, I think that really did set an example for me. And I could see that with your dad as well, that, you know, there are things I disagree with my dad about, and I know there are things that you disagree with your dad about, but you know, that one thing, it was a really clear example for me as I moved forward in my life. I know that I could just say like, Oh, you know, this is, you know, I'm, I'm masculine because that's just who I am. I don't even really think about it. That's exactly the example he set for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much the way my dad was. Um, and, and, and like, I, I genuinely, I remember, I remember getting my fingernails polished when I was like 13 or actually I was probably like 12 mm-hmm. um, and him kind of being upset about it. But mm-hmm. that was the literally the only time of anything. And, and I honestly think it was more about it being uh, standing out because he was, you know, my, my dad, I think was pretty even with my sister. And I, I think if she had done the same color, he'd have been kind of irritated. Like, so I don't think it was as much about the nail polish. I think it was more like the, you're too young for that kind of thing. Right. Um, right. And so, and at the time I think I thought it was more gendered than it is, but like, you know, I mean, I, I got a lot of, of, um, I had a lot of years after that, where I got to see basically that unlike most parents that I know, my father treated my sister and I, very mm-hmm. consistently. Um, I mean, the, the big differences between my sister and I and the way we were treated, I think was more based on like oldest and youngest. Like she's the yeah. baby. She gets away with more, but it was like never gender line kind of things. It was like, uh, like she was allowed to like, she swore in front of my parents before I did. Like I only yeah. said, I said fuck in front of my dad for the first time in the pandemic and, <laughs> like that. And that was, I was FaceTiming him about uh, putting up something on sheetrock in my, in, in Logan's room. And while, as he was answering the FaceTime, I got sheetrock in my eye and I went, fuck. (laughs) And he goes, "Uh, what was that, Michael? And he he laughed. (laughs) He doesn't care. He, cause my sister had been swearing from in front of him for at least 10 years at that point. Um, So like, I really do think a lot of our, the differences was just more in birth order than gender, which is, is a, is a bit bizarre in a good way. Yeah. I think, uh, it was the same thing with me and my older sister. Uh, you know, I think she got a, a little bit more, you know, uh, she had more rules put on her, but I don't think it was because she was a girl. I think it was because they, this was all new territory for them. They didn't know, I mean, they knew what they were doing, but they didn't really know what they were doing, you know? Uh, and when they got around to me, I mean, I could get away with a ton of stuff that they would never have let my sister get away with. Uh, and I did the exact same stuff my sister did and she got in trouble and I had no problem. So yeah, I could definitely see that. Uh, there might've been some gender bits in there somewhere you know like that yeah. could have played into it uh I, yeah i mean but I, think, I don't think that was the driving force behind it yeah uh, both of our your dad your parents are both in their 60s right yes yeah so they were you know all of our parents were well my mom wasn't but the my dad and, and both your parents were born in the 50s 
Right. And like, it's only, there's only so much to expect from exactly like there's yeah. going to be some stuff that like, they just didn't even, it didn't even occur until, you know, arguably until we were adults. So like, uh, you know, I am grading on a scale, but I think even if you took the amount of gendering that I saw from my parents in today's, you know, if my parents were 20 years younger today, or I guess 30 years, cause 20 years ago I was about to become an adult, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is really weird. My, I'm yes. going to be 38 in two weeks. Um, oh, but if you, if you flash back, you know, my parents 30 years back and then put them in today's society, I don't think you definitely wouldn't think of them as, as, uh, like aggr- dinosaurs aggressive. Or yeah, yeah. Yeah. You would be like, Oh, those, those people are a little, yeah, you know, a, a little, little more old school, but they, yeah. they wouldn't be the, like the people you were like, f- telling your friends about like i saw these parents you know right um at least not in that way yeah exactly like i think yeah my my parents would probably be rolling their eyes a little bit at a few things but i don't think they would be like complaining to school boards or anything like that i think they would be pretty okay so i i kind of um I don't think we need to keep going about parents because I, mm-hmm. you know, I want to focus more on what we individually think about gender or, you know, specifically masculinity, but I, I'm fine with gender roles in general. Um, what, what do you, what do you think, like, what are gen or masculine uh, traits about yourself? Like that, what do you like think about your own masculinity? Like what, what, what do you, what do you think falls into the norm or clearly outside of the norm? That's an interesting question. That's something that I think about actually kind of a lot um, because uh, I think when I was younger, when I was, you know, uh, when we were in high school through college, uh, stuff like that, I feel like masculinity was, I think to your point, like it wasn't something that was like the traditional gender role type thing was ever important to me but like feeling masculine was important to me but as i get older it's something that kind of uh, i've noticed that just has sort of faded into the background where i don't think about being masculine anymore as much i think i it's sort of like what we were talking about with our dads like i just kind of am you know it's not something that i need to address on a daily basis i mean yeah I have a beard. I, I, you know, I dress masculinely. I, you know, like I don't wear makeup or do like a skincare routine. I don't do any of those. I, I, I mean, those are all, you know, kind of like traditional masculine things, but I'm not like, it's not a performance or anything like that. It's not something that I need to actually do at all. It's, right. it's something that just kind of happens on a daily basis. It, it, like me not doing a skincare routine is as much about me or much more actually about me being lazy than anything else. So it's, um, you know, uh, I think that, you know, what I think about masculinity is something that is, you know, it's there and it's something that I am, you know, I have, I have that, but it's not something that I, really care about i guess is what i would say you know it's not something yeah. that i even really and i i think it's such an interesting con- uh, contrast to look back at 
I wonder how common this is, is that, you know, when I was a teenager, that was like, it, it's almost like I had to fit in, you know, that yeah. was, you know, it, gender and sexuality was, you know, so central to, you know, who I was as a person. And it's just not there anymore. So, you know, I can, I, it's a kind of a weight off, you know, you don't have to think about it anymore. Yeah. Um, it feels good to have that. I don't know if that's something that you feel or, you know, if that's, if that's something that's common. Yeah. I, I, I don't think, uh, I mean, I feel like I, I feel fairly masculine in, in a decent amount of ways, but mm-hmm. I don't think much about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in myself, um, I, before, before we had a, a kid, even before we were pregnant, um, I was, you know, I and, and, and I don't want to sound like a hipster, but, I was against gender reveal before yeah. before it was a trans issue when it was just a weird issue like for yeah, me like the idea kind of, of yeah. gender reveal and right. I remember having conversations and and I can't I think this was before Sarah was pregnant but it could have been during her pregnancy where I was like look I mean I was opposed to finding out ahead of time anyway um I had like a lot of worry that like if you find out ahead of time and you name the baby ahead of time and you get attached and something happens, like there's all that problem. Right. But I was also right. like, kind of, I just wanted like the, the whole big surprise of it all too. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people kept telling me like stuff, what I consider really stupid reasons like, Oh, you should, you should find out ahead of time. Cause you need to paint the baby's room, the right color and get the right clothes and get the right toys. And I'm right. like, Babies are like, ba- other than their genitals, babies are genderless for all intents and purposes right? for a year and a half. Like, right. And, and then by that time, you're getting new crap for them. Right. Um, a baby is not going to care about its, you know, if it has, well, they don't even have dolls at that point. But like, yeah. if it had a doll or a toy soldier, because... It, the baby can't even really see the thing at that right. point. So right, but even when you point? look at a baby, like right, they, if you they look at if you look same. if you put took yeah. a baby, you could take any any you know baby boy or baby girl, put them in any outfit, and the outfit is dictating what you think of their gender. Not, right, exactly. You know, and like if you put me in a dress, you go, "That's a guy in a dress." Right. Um, if you're progressive, you might think that is a really poorly trans or early yeah. transitioning person, but yeah. like. Um, and I don't mean that as a jab. I mean that as a Absolutely. jab yeah, at myself yeah. more than the right. trans community. Like I really, cause I, cause I got a beard and I am, you know, I'm clearly a man. I'd be, I'd be an ugly woman. I'm, I'm an ugly man. I'd be a really ugly woman. <laughs> um, but like with most babies, like you look at the baby and the reason you know what gender it is, is because of the clothes. Right. Um, and so I just didn't see the point in it. And I remember being like, well, I don't want to set up, you know, like, I don't want to be creating that. I mean, the world will do it. And and Logan is the, is arguably the perfect example of somebody who the world has stepped in or, or he is naturally just a boy, right? Like, because he is obsessed with boy crap and mm-hmm. like in a way that I never was in a way that I never saw my dad be, he just, you know, he, he says, oh, that's a girl toy. That's a girl color that, you know. And the, and I'm fine with it to an extent. I try to make it in a way so that I try to talk to him about it in a way so that he doesn't feel locked in if he changes his mind, but also so that he's not being a jerk to other kids. Right, so you know, right. like oh, you know, I said you know, pink's a per- girl color. He said that a bunch of times. So my response is always, 
it's a color for whoever likes it. Like literally that's the the response. And right. Right. And so gender has come up a lot more because of Logan and just because of the idea of becoming a parent. But I've found some stuff interesting in culture outside of parenthood. Um, and I'm, ca- I'm kind of curious. So I've, I've kind of come to this assumption. I'm going to make a bold statement that I know isn't accurate. It's, it's, um, what do you call it? Anecdotal or, okay. be, you know, the parents that the fathers that you and I have, we didn't have these, these Uber talk. To- we didn't have toxic masculine fathers. We didn't have these Uber masculine, like obsessed with their masculinity fathers. So we had what I think is a pretty like level baseline. Right. And then Gen Z, you know, we're, we're older millennials, but right. Younger millennials into Gen Z, they have a real, there's a lot more gender fluidity and I have zero problem with that. Um, I, I am a little, sometimes I'm arguably jealous of it. Like I don't feel, I just, I don't know. I just don't feel that comfortable in my skin to just do, to be like that all the time. But I'm, you know, it's, that's my hang up, not my, like, I definitely am. I'm, I'm like I said, jealous, but our generation, there's a good amount of people that we went to high school with. Or if you look at these alpha male, uh, podcasts and YouTube channels, they tend to be five to five years older to five years younger than us. Yeah. That whole range. We're in the middle of a, of a 10 year thing of weirdly uber masculine, and I don't even think of Uber, like, I don't want to call it Uber masculine because that almost gives it the like, yeah, they're real men, but I don't think that. Yeah. It's this toxic. Ben Shapiro toxic, is not Uber masculine. Well, I'm not, is. I'm not talking about <laughs> Ben Shapiro. I'm talking about these, like, these guys who go on and they talk about the alphas and you got to be an yeah. alpha. And, right. And, and, and I always think it's funny because every time somebody talks about an al- being an alpha, I think, I literally think, like, I've never seen somebody and thought, oh, that is an actual alpha male and ever heard them use the term alpha male. Right. Like, I don't know that I would consider my dad an alpha male, but he's pretty masculine and, and he's, he's always been, he's, he is, I guess in a lot of ways, the definition of what we kind of think of what a ma- alpha male should be. He's, you know, he did his own thing. He tried to provide for his family, takes care of pe- his family and, you know, all those things that we want. And and I literally don't know that my dad knows the term alpha male, and right? He and right. he would never like the. It, I actually think if if he heard some of the way these guys talk, he, he would just think they were such assholes. And I right. and I think like that is indicative of this like it's all that. I mean, I know that we talk about performative, but and I think it is performative. But I almost think of it that par- performative kind of gives it a. It almost like downplays it it's almost like cosplay yeah it is i could definitely see that yeah, yeah you know like and and i think that some of some of that is just it i mean it, it is it is really creepy to me when i get see someone get really into that um i just am like i don't understand like why yeah you know, i mean i get how they get incels and people who are a bit down on their luck, uh, as far socially, but like when you see somebody who's actually doing relatively well, whether it's dating wise or just has a decent amount of friends and they act like that, I'm like, 
what the fuck happened to you? Right, right. It there there it's you almost feel like there has to be some sort of like trauma or something there that like caused yeah. this, you know, because there's you know, there is no reason for it. You know, when you when you get down to it, you know, at like we said, like at a certain age we kind of just give it's like, oh, that that stuff doesn't really matter that much. And it starts to feel like, oh, you're holding on to something for some reason that you should probably be in therapy for really, because that is, you know, like you're, you're not examining something, you're avoiding something. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and I, and I think that it was easy when we saw people, you know, when we see, you look at, I mean, it still goes on today, but you look at 20 years ago, whenever you'd have one of these, uh, these preachers talking about, um, homosexuality nonstop and you're like well, mm-hmm. they're a closeted gay person right and like that became almost so cliched that it's in like it, it's become insulting like it's to, right. to, it's to assume that um but it's you know there is some kind of truth to it and it's really like this is a different thing and i don't know what this is masking it's just their own insecurities or something like that but it just doesn't seem like big enough to cover that like i think we're all insecure and uh, we all have you know those things that we tackle but we we don't go that direction and i don't understand what brings someone to that really either yeah yeah i mean that's what that's what i was trying i guess trying to get at was like with the home with the homophobic preachers being closeted you know gay gay men right it was understandable to some extent, even though it's, you know, it's an offensive cliche now to think of that that way. Like it, cause it, it was, at least you understood it. Cause there's that, uh, thou pro doth protest too much. You get it. Right. What are alpha males protesting? And I mean, and, and maybe, maybe I'm missing the obvious. Maybe they are, are trans and don't know how to deal with it. Or maybe they are something else. But I just, I just don't understand like what that, you know, level of like, you know, grunting, like buffoonery is in reaction to. And, you know, and and we, not to say that these things didn't exist when we were younger, but like to some extent they were, I think they were, um, parody you know think about tim allen and i don't know that i think tim allen's a great comedian but we understood that the oh, 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 was like a parody of what masculinity was i don't think he right. was trying to convince anyone that he was some crazy masculine guy and you know right and every episode of that he would learn a lesson usually from his wife you know like that yeah. was kind of the point of that show uh, you know, whether it was good or not, or, you know, an exemplar of, you know, good gender or anything like that. But, you know, it was, you know, and there was that part of it at least. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk yeah. about, sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. I was going to say, I want to talk about a couple of things that I kind of think are interesting that maybe even I am to some extent guilty of as far as, mm-hmm. As as the gender stuff, um, there's some gender things that I, you know, I like I said at the beginning, I wore I, I was, I'm in our front in the front page of our yearbook. I'm in a dress, but like that was it was a costume day at school. It was a goofy thing, and 
And I realize a lot of times that like, there's a lot of things that if we were willing to embrace them would be beneficial, even if it's not a like a gender expression for us, like a dress, right? Uh, it feels so much more comfortable than jeans. Right. Like, you know, like you just, you get like a little bit of airflow and everything's just comfortable. And it's right. kind of funny to me, uh, that we, that I, you know, like personally, like, you know, I'm, I'm not saying I would never do it again, but I just would, I would don't consider it. It would have to, you know, I'd probably be drunk and, you know, or, or it'd be Halloween. And I just kind of find it funny because there's no good reason. Right. But I think, I think about that a lot too, because, you know, what I was talking about earlier, like, I don't really worry about my masculinity, but I don't want to wear a dress, even though you're right. Like if I were to put on a dress, I feel like it would be great. Like it's a hot day here right now. I would, I would be very comfortable on that. Yeah. But I think it's almost more, at least for me, uh, I think, you know, I'm a little bit more introverted than you. Uh, so a little like, bit. it would be like, oh, I don't like the feeling that like, there's going to be a few people at least that are going to stare at me. You know, yeah. they're going to be looking at me at this. If this was just more socially acceptable across the board. Yeah. I might be wearing a dress all the time. You know, that might be something I like to do. Wouldn't be an expression of my gender to your point, but it yeah. would be, you know, just a way to stay cool in the summer. That would feel great. Yeah. That is a big, I think that's a huge reason why I don't consider it or do it is like the reaction. I don't want, you know, right. I don't mind attention, and 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 obviously, there's a lot of communities in, in you know now that didn't exist when we right. were kids, right. but that I would be fine in that. You, you know, arguably, I could probably do it where I live and not have any issues. But like, right. I, you know, the discomfort of it. But it's interesting. So I haven't done anything that wacky with like Logan. But I remember being like 18 or 19 and going on vacation with my family and my cousin, they had a costume parade every, every year at where we go to va on vacation. And my cousin was, I don't know, three, four, five. She must've been younger than five, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. And she wanted to be Rue from Winnie the Pooh. Okay. And neither of her parents wanted to be Kanga. And I was like, I'll wear the costume. And I had, we drew, we went through the like bar at the resort. Uh, and I was literally wearing a Kanga costume and like the middle of the summer, this isn't Halloween. It's right. It's a feminine, uh, kangaroo. And, and I realize when, when you just were saying, um, the thing about attention and not wanting the attention, like, I don't mind the attention. Like if Logan was like, dad, I want us to go and I'll be, I don't know, Luigi and you're a princess peach or something. Right. I would be like, okay. Like I wouldn't bother. It would not, I would not think twice about it. I don't think. But if Sarah was like, or if, even if Sarah was like, I'll go as Mario, you go as princess peach. And like, we did like a gender bender thing. I wouldn't think right. of it. But if someone just suggested it to me now, I think I'd be like, I'm all set. You know, like, yeah. it's weird how I'm willing to step out of those bounds for others. And I mean, again, that's not a comfort thing, but it's just interesting. I think it's also context, too. You know, yeah. I think, you know, when you're doing it in a costume parade or on Halloween, 
you know, people expect it, you know, or to a certain yeah. extent expect it. Where if I was just walking down the street like that, and I think, you know, the point you made earlier about like, there are, you know, uh, like trans women who have some, you know, traditionally masculine traits who walk down the street in a dress and I don't stare at them. I don't give them a second look or anything like that. But if I did it, I, I, if I saw myself walking down the street, you know, someone who looked like myself walking down the street in a dress, I might give a second look because that would be the only feminine thing going on there really. And it would look very strange because there's, that there's still that disconnect where it's just like one thing off. Like if I just put on eyeshadow right now, I feel like that would look weird because I'm wearing, you know, like a nice Oxford shirt and, you know, I have a beard and all these things. It would really, it would just be one kind of little bit that is feels off. So you would kind of be caught by it. It wouldn't even be something that I would judge people for staring at because people aren't used to it. Right. Right. And I bet you there's a there's probably a decent amount of trans people who go through that, at least in the oh, beginning absolutely. or yeah and, yeah. and I think it's that same thing, you know. Um I I think it's that same thing of like we all, you know, typically, not always, but a lot of us see ourselves harsher than others see us. And we're more right. self critical than, you know, if you know, I it was joking earlier about me being ugly and like I think I probably think that I'm uglier than most people think that I am. Right. You're not an ugly person. uh, Well, no, I'm an ugly person, but I happen to be good looking. (laughs) Um, I'm ugly on the inside. Um, (laughs) Okay. Correction. Yes. Thank you. Maybe I should change the name of the podcast to the self-effacing shows (laughs) because there's going to be a lot of that, I think. Um, Right. But yeah, I, I... I find, you know, I don't know. I like, I haven't thought about like any of that in a, in a long time, uh, right. about myself. And, and that is the funny thing is like, it's become more, I went from introspective about it to, I think I just settled. I also uh, kind of wondering, I wonder how much of that is our generation and the age that we're in and how much, uh, like the age is in the era. And I wonder how much of that is also, on the other hand, like, oh, we're in our thirties. We are who we are. And it just, right. it is what it is. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Like, yeah, but we can't, uh, you can trace a lot of things, but you can't really trace everything. Like, you know, who knows? We went to Catholic school, you know, like maybe some of that repression got in there and stuck in, you know, like we have yeah. all these things that. Oh, you for can't, sure. For, right. Uh, you can't you, were you find raised, every route. Yeah. Were you Catholic? Uh, growing um, up? yeah, but we were never super practicing, uh, yeah. ever. Cause I was going to say, cause I, I have some of that repression and it's weird oh, yeah. because, you know, like not even believing it anymore, but you still have the repression or the, the, uh, not the mm-hmm. repression, I guess, but the shame and the guilt or the, yeah. the, I, 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 on the last episode, I talked about it a little bit, but like the dark thoughts that you get from it that are almost like to give it a metaphor, like the, uh, something in the corner of your vision, Right. Like I think uh every former Catholic who became an atheist still thinks they're going to hell on some level. And I definitely do. Uh I think about that all the time, but I don't believe in hell. But if it's real, I'm gonna end up there. So for me it's not a hell thing as much as just like uh, it is gonna okay, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give a super weird confession right now. Okay. Um and love this. This will be the part of the 
video that makes it on or the recording that makes it on Instagram. Uh, <laughs> I, after I saw the Truman show as it, Truman show came out when we were like 13. I think so. Yeah. After I saw the Truman show have never fully been able to get out of my head the idea that I'm in the Truman show. And I, <laughs> and I think it ties somewhat to religion in the idea of you're always being watched. Right. And so like, if I see a car circle the block and it could not even be the same car, sometimes it could just be like, Oh, there was two red Honda Accords, which is like one of the most common colors of Honda Accord or whatever. Right. I would be like, they're circling the block, just like that guy did in the Truman show. And it like gets <laughs> into my brain a bit. And I think like, what if they're watching me right now? What if someone's watching me right now? Right. Yeah, someone always knows when you did something bad, you know, or yeah. or not even when you're doing something bad, when, you know, you might be doing something embarrassing. It's that's something that's constantly in the back of my mind, too. I don't yeah. think I'm in the Truman show, but um, it's there. Yeah. I'm glad you don't think you're in the Truman show. <laughs> we can't both be, you know. Beyond dressing, uh, beyond outward appearance, I suppose, uh, is there anything that you wish you weren't as hung up on with gender? Uh, sometimes, yeah. I think, um, you know, I think the thing about gender and masculinity, you know, we were talking about toxic masculinity. I think just in general, I think it we're all kind of affected by it, even if we don't think about it that much, if we don't, you know, like it is kind of a trap. And I, I sometimes wonder like what we were just talking about, like who would I be if that wasn't, you know, a path I was kind of set on at a certain point in my life, you know, whether it was conscious or unconscious by my parents, school, et cetera, you know? Um, and I, I wonder about that, you know, like, uh, you know, we're not talking about sexuality, but that's a whole thing like that's open there. I think like, am I, you know, like I'm, I consider myself a straight man mo- for the most part. And like, would I be more free and open about that? If I hadn't had that, you know, you're a boy and boys like girls kind of thing set up for me at a certain stage of my life where it's like, yeah, yeah okay. You know, I get this, you know, would yeah. I, you know, um, you know, what, I, what would my interests be? You know, things like that. Like, there's so many things that actually do play. Like, I like football. Would I be really into, you know, who knows what else, you know? Um, yeah. I don't think I really limit myself from anything, uh, quote unquote, feminine. But, you know, uh, would there be something that I would, you know, be really into that I'm not, you know? Or would I, you know, love dance or something like that, you know? Like, I that could all be there. Yeah. And that those I don't want to say those weren't paths that were open to me because I think my parents would have supported me. And I think, you know, it just was those were paths that I never even thought to go down at any point. Yeah, um, no, I and agree with that. That's limiting. And I and I feel like that that is um it's not something that I'm necessarily like, Oh, it's a tragedy or anything like that. Or I'm really sad about it. I don't really think about it that much, but it's definitely there that, yeah. you know, like it, those, those things are like, Oh, I, I could have been a whole different person. And maybe the real me is somewhere back there. Uh, and I didn't take those paths, but you can't really think about that uh, that way. But 
it is interesting how much of a role that plays in, you know, kind of the whole direction of our lives as, as men. So I think that that's a good spot to wrap up the discussion. And I'm going to go into a question that I've been asking all of my guests and I'll explain why, um, after I asked the question and, uh, but so the question, I guess the way I've been wording it is, um, what is a joke or impression or something about yourself that somebody has made that you, that you, it was your favorite, what was your favorite joke about yourself or impression of yourself? Ooh. Um, I, um, so I don't know if this one will mean anything to you because I don't think you're much of a sports fan. Um, and it might not mean much to your general audience either, but um, I remember one time. Uh, so there was a football player named Andrew Luck. Uh, he played for the Indianapolis Colts. He was a quarterback. Uh, and that's uh, basketball, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, and uh, he um, he was kind of famous that he kind of had a very deep voice, but kind of talked like his mouth was full of marbles half the time. Yeah. I, and uh, I had a friend who, uh, who pointed out that I sound a lot like him and look a lot like him. So uh, that was something that really, uh, really put me down, but uh, it was, it was spot on. It made me laugh that I, I'm this, you know, big goofy quarterback who, who talks like his mouth is full of marbles. That is, that is good. Uh, that's a good one. I am now that you've said that I'm a little, uh, hurt that your favorite wasn't, Oh, Pat. Oh, Matt, uh, <laughs> to give a little context. My, uh, so I, sh- I really should have, uh, chosen that one. Yeah. So <laughs> just to give a little context, uh, my, fr- my brother-in-law, um, is, was one of our friends in our group. Oh, he still is one of our friends in our group, Yeah. but before he was my brother-in-law, he was one of our friends in our group. And after a wedding one time we were at a bar and he also has an extremely deep voice like Pat and he, and they were talking and I just started and I, I think we didn't have enough seats or something. And one of them jokingly said to the other, like, you can sit on my lap. And I said, Oh, Pat, Oh man. And (laughs) in like the deepest, like Andre, the giant voice I could do. Yeah. And, and, it kept, I don't know. I felt like that kept coming up at least for the rest of that night, maybe for a while. Right. It, yeah. And that was I one feel of like, favorites. Yeah. I feel like anytime I see Matt, that comes up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I Matt had not I thought have, about yeah. it until you started talking about your deep voice. Uh, on right. the, but um, yeah. So the reason I've been asking the question and I, I is, I think that what we find laughable about ourselves is really revealing. Um, right. I think that it, you know, my, my my mom always likes to say that she she can't handle anybody who doesn't have a sense of humor, um, mm-hmm. and having a sense of humor about yourself is arguably the hardest um, for most people. And so, the idea of what is it that you find ridiculous or laughable about yourself to me is it's a window into who you are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think. You know, we brought up like insecurities earlier. Like that's something that, you know, where you turn an insecurity, like I have always been kind of insecure about, you know, 
the way I talk, at least in public and stuff like that. And, um, and being able to turn that into something that you laugh at is kind of a natural response mechanism for that. And it really does reveal a lot about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, before we go, is there anything that you, I mean, I know you don't have a podcast or you're not doing anything else that I'm aware of that you would want to plug, but is there anything you feel like plugging? Uh, yeah, I don't have anything to plug. Um, I don't know. Um, donate to abortion funds, I would guess would be, you know, if you're listening to that, do that. Yeah. Um, based on most of the people that I've talked to that are listening to this podcast so far, I'm going to guess that that is not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, hopefully our audience grows just in general. So, yeah. um, it, it's been great having you on. Thank you. Yeah, this has been great. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, and I will. I plan on having you on again. Um, we'll come up Look with a different to topic, it. or we can just do an, uh, you know, between a half hour and an hour of maybe I'll have you and Matt on at the same time. So yeah, we could just you know oh, have Pat, fake oh, sex Pat. on your podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah why not? Yeah. All right.